This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler Hey, all you gals and dolls and guys and cats, it is another spoiler room here, March 29th. 2016, and I know it's been talked of ad nauseum on the internet, but I just had to get some thoughts out about it, and I hope you will join us tonight as we take on Batman v Superman with our first question is, what the hell happened to the S in verses? But we'll get to that in a little bit. First, we have with us tonight, Mr. Cole Meredith is in the spoiler room. Hello, Cole. Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. Glad to have you in here on the Spoiler Room to talk about this mega superhero film. And next to him, the man, the myth, the man who is behind the bow tie. It is Paul. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. I got my bow tie on. It's my superpower bow tie. That is your superpower bow tie, and it is sexy one at that. <laughs> And next to him, we have the tiger power in the room. He's a superhero himself, the one, uh, the only, Tony Estrada. Hello, Tony. Hey, what is up, Mark? Thank you, as always, bringing me on, and I look forward to talking about Batman v Superman. And I am, (laughs) you are Batman, and I am just your mild-mannered podcast host, Mark the Movie Man, and we are talking about this film. Now, this film is a film that had controversy before it even came out, and then it came out, and there was even more controversy. So we're going to get a just real quick of people's feelings on this film in the room. Uh, all I just need to know from you guys is uh, if you completely hated it, if you thought it was all right with issues, uh, if you really liked it, or you were ecstatic about it. So first, I kind of know where Cole's going to answer. Cole, uh, how did you feel about this film? Were you ecstatic? Did you have issues? Or did you not like it? Uh, well, it was an interesting experience. Uh, briefly, I, I went to it um, the Thursday night it opened, mm-hmm. and um, I, uh, you know, I I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It, it, but by the time I I I'd reached the house and was ready to make a post for it, I realized I wasn't really ready to even begin to review it. And I subsequently saw it Friday and Saturday. Wow! And, <laughs> nice. Um, I, I really enjoyed this this movie, you know, and, and mm-hmm. for reasons that are probably all personal. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into all the other elements later, but I, I adore I adore the film. I really, really love it. Uh, it's, it's actually one of maybe one of my favorite films too early in the game to tell, but I mean, I spent, you know, damn near 50 bucks on it already. Sure. I, mean, I, I like I like the film a lot. So, did, was it actually? Did you get more out of it with repeat viewings? Because I've heard Absolutely. that from. Absolutely! Oh my goodness! I mean, this film, and I, I'll get into more of this later. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a whole lot to say because my connection with this film, you know, everybody's gonna have a different reaction because it's stuffed with mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's so brimming with stuff that everybody's gonna have a different reaction to it. But my reaction. Uh, after viewings was the characters are are intact and and, uh, it's a very rich rich film and the repeat viewing showed me that well in short the power of insert shots Mm -hmm. 
in mm -hmm. a comic book, no frame is wasted. You know, and in this film, uh, no frame is wasted. And I'll get into, get into it more later, but yep. this film is really a, a just a barrage of really well constructed individual shots <laughs> that are unforgettable to me. Um, I think it's amazing, but that's just me. You know? and, and I'm glad you uh, you're on uh, for that, uh, Cole, because I know you were rather ecstatic about this film, which is why I was happy to have you on because I kind of wanted that perspective of someone who really got into the film and really got it. So uh, glad you could be here and glad to sound that uh, it got even better with repeat viewings. Uh, Paul, how about you? Did you think it was okay uh, with issues? Did you enjoy it or did you just completely hate it? No, I enjoyed the film. It was uh, worth watching. I will definitely go watch it again. Uh, let me think. Uh, I think it was a well-written film. It had it hit all the notes that I was uh, really expecting, some notes that I didn't expect, and there were a few things that I thought they could have done better. Uh, but overall, I, I did enjoy this film. I thought it was better than some of the other superhero films uh, that I've seen already. So uh, it was definitely a very enjoyable experience. Awesome. Great to hear. And Tony, how about you? Uh, how are your feelings on it? Were ecstatic? <clears throat> hate it? In between? Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I pretty much have the same perspective as all of you. I had a blast with this movie. Um, I definitely want to see this movie again because my first viewing, I actually went to an advanced screening, so I got to see it for free. But, you know, uh, because I like it so much, I would actually like to go support it. So I, I really hope to see it again because the movie, to me, even if it may not be, like, perfect, in which, you know, films aren't going to be perfect – so I wasn't even expecting that. I just wanted it to be a really good movie, um, just be a very well-written movie, and that's exactly what I got. And if anyone caught my review, I almost didn't review this film. I almost didn't, and actually I was debating on whether or not we do, should do this show, only because the Internet has melted. I mean, <laughs> literally melted because of this film. And I'm trying to wrap my head around why. And I feel bad because this is one of the first movies ever that I feel a little twinge of guilt for enjoying as much as I had because there's so much hate out there for this film <laughs> that I'm like, did I, did I really miss something? Because I was trying to avoid the reviews as much as I can, which I usually do. I like watching reviews afterwards, but not before I cut my review or because I, before I see it, because I don't want it to influence you know, my review of it. I, I want a pure experience, but I couldn't miss some of the headlines. And I tried not to get into too many heavy conversations with people about it who had not seen it. Um... Uh, you know, and so I sat there like I was watching the movie going, this, this isn't as bad as the internet was making it out to be. <laughs> you know, I mean, I could see the I could see the flaws in it, but I really enjoyed it as well, even with its flaws, namely because, and I I know we may get blasted for this. Look, I I'm not a devout DC fan. I am a big Batman fan. I do like Zack Snyder's style. Visually, the man can paint a visual picture like very few people today in action cinema. <laughs> I mean, he, he really does. Even if he has trouble sometimes with stories, 
Sometimes I just love being visually entertained, which is why I thoroughly enjoy Sucker Punch, and some people despise that film. Mm. Um, but I love it not necessarily for the story, but for the visuals. A World War II bomber versus a dragon. How can you not <laughs> think that is cool? Same thing in here. Batman versus Superman, even with all its flaws. Folks, let, let's just dive right to that battle. We're going to jump just right ahead here to the battle between Batman versus Superman. One of the complaints people have had said it was too short. I thought it felt just like it was in the comics, and I thought they handled it very well, even with how it was resolved. Yes, this is the spoiler room where it was, uh, your mom's name is Martha, my mom's Martha's too, uh, which I'll talk about in a minute why I enjoyed that, but I want to get your opinions. Paul, what did you think? I, we, we, we get the build-up, we finally get Batman versus Superman. What did you think of that uh, bit of build-up and, and the fight between these two? That's exactly the way I wanted the fight to turn out because, um, like Cole had hinted at earlier, uh, the characters were not lost in this film. They stayed true to the type of characters that they were, you know. Th- basically, this is, this is these heroes set in the Man of Steel universe. And basically everything that was established in that movie is what set the tone for these characters. And those characters stayed true all the way through their fight. They had their fight. It wasn't the the Boy Scout Superman that I really, really thoroughly love, but it was a beautiful way of handling this type of Superman. He had his flaws, just like at the end of uh, uh, Man of Steel. Everyone complained that, oh no, Superman wouldn't do that to Zod. He just wouldn't. Well, in this universe, he would. And this this type of Superman makes choices, makes his own decisions, and he chose to fight Batman in a certain way. Uh, and, you know, we, we focus on that one little fight. Yeah, that fight was short. But if you actually sit and watch the movie, take a step back, you know that these characters were fighting throughout the entire beginning. Just the way they looked, their body language, the stuff that they talked about, you know, their little banters between each other. Uh, whether And they weren't even in costume when they were doing that. So, yeah, this fight, I think, is, is, is very big, very epic, and very well handled. And I just love how it ended because... Uh, I, I noticed that you know these these two characters are very similar. You know they lost their parents. They have the same you know mother's name. It was just perfect, and I I think that that was one of the favorite parts of this film for me was what they did with that fight. See, and me too. And people have thrown a fit of oh you know I've seen the memes of you know slamming the film. Oh your name your mom's name's Martha. My name's mom's Martha's too. I'm like. Okay, yeah, if you take that just in that context, I can see how that's a little hokey, but in all honesty, it's no hokier than the part in the trailer going, oh, Bucky, you know, Captain America, what are you doing? I have to. Bucky's my friend. And Tony Stark goes, so was I. (laughs) You know, I mean, people love that scene, but at the same time, they're like, oh, Martha, Martha. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the setup of Batman to that point. Batman became so obsessed with taking out Superman because of the collateral damage, because he was afraid, because here was someone he knew deep down he couldn't stop. Yes. Yeah. And that's why he became obsessed with him. It wasn't even so I mean, it was the fact that yeah, he destroyed his building and there was damage and people and it looked like, you know, he was just <laughs> overpowered. 
But the feeling I got from this Batman too was he was scared. Yes. And he turned that fear into rage. And well, he, he comes from a family of hunters, as as he says. Well, it's not even the family of hunters. It, this is an older, uh, cynical, grittier Batman. Well, he I mean, lost his partner and everything. So yeah, they allude to that. They've got the Robin armor there to where, um, you know, they've got the Robin armor there, which you know, okay, something tragic happened to Robin because it's got Joker script all over it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, he even makes a few comments about how, uh, you know, what good is it doing? I take out one criminal and two more take it. Wait, yeah. you know, this is a n- disillusioned. <laughs> This is a no longer uh, a Batman who who really is, you know, he's still doing the things, but and, and you saw how Batman reacted. It's like he he was he was like surprised and shocked. It was like because throughout the entire beginning of the thing, it was all or beginning of the film, it was about them pointing out their differences between each other, how they handled criminals, you know, where they were from, what powers they were like had, and then suddenly. There was this connection between the two characters. It was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah. What? At first, he even thought that he that it wasn't that there wasn't a link between them. He he thought that you know why are you saying the name? You know. Yeah, and and that's what I love is people I think skip the point that Batman was so obsessed that mm. he actually became blind to a few of the details. And it was the name, because the tragedy of his parents dying was so bad, um, it was the name that snapped him out of his rage and actually grounded him for a minute going, oh, um, you know, and started thinking of his parents. And if you're familiar with the Batman character, you know, he's starting to think of his parents and thinking how his parents would think he was acting at that point. Um, but it's not spe- expressed in the film, so I can see where if you're, you know, looking at not looking at it too deep or paying attention too well, uh, it is a superhero film, so people might not, you might miss that. But for me, I loved that moment. Tony, what about you? Uh, you know, you get to the big bat fight. I know we jumped ahead here in the film, but a lot of parts have been discussed. As <laughs> but you know, that's the fight that everybody wanted to see. Hell, it's the title of the film, and when you see it and how it resolved, did you like how all of that played out? Like when the fight ended with the whole Martha thing? Yeah, from the start, you know, the reason why Superman was fighting Batman, uh, which I kind of liked that motivation, and then also, yeah, how it ended from, from start to finish. Did How did you feel about that? Do you think it was handled okay, or do you think the whole Martha thing was, was just too cheesy? No, I thought the Martha thing was actually handled perfect, and... I know people said it gets boring for the first two hours because it takes it takes about two hours for us to see that fight. But honestly, I loved how the entire uh, first two hours built up on that fight because you got to see, you know, Batman's reason for wanting to go fight Superman, and then you got to see Superman's reason. Even though you could tell Superman didn't want to fight Batman, like you could tell he was trying to stop from even uh, fighting him when they were fighting. But, you know, they both had their reasons for going up against each other, and I thought it built up to that fight very well. The fight itself was awesome and intense to watch, and I really did like how it ended with the Martha thing, which personally I didn't see as cheesy because, you know, when Superman kept saying, you know, oh, they have Martha, it was like Batman's way of 
kind of redeeming himself like he couldn't help his mom Martha at that time. So he kind of saw as a way to kind of help someone else. And, you know, he saw Superman as someone different from there. He didn't see him as an enemy. He saw him as more of someone that really does stand for hope as someone that does care for his people. Yeah. And, you know, personally, I find it hilarious that the one thing element when this movie was announced, everybody was most worried on, and we even had a discussion about miscasting and how Ben Affleck might do as a Batman. He ended up being a pretty strong Batman character. I really liked how they portrayed Batman in here. Cole, how about you? You like how they handled his uh, his character and his motivation for fighting Superman? Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I thought all that was done to a T. I mean, uh, it was really, really tight. Um, Affleck did phenomenal, better than I thought he would. I wasn't, you know, a hater off the bat because, you know, I'm aware of Affleck. I, I My thing has always been if, if he could get his own solo Batman movie – Something like Batman and his movie, The Town, would go together really good in terms of tone. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought that, yeah, you know, Affleck and Batman, I can kind of see that, you know, going together. You know, but that that's with him behind the camera. You know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect from this. Man of Steel, for me, was a good. You know, I enjoyed it. It was... The first date I ever went on with my girlfriend of three years, so it has very uh, sentimental value for me. It's hard for me to like that movie regardless. Um, so I went into this with you know, mediocre expectations, but as as you prompted, you know, as your question prompted me to respond, yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal. The strongest element of this movie, I don't mean that as a detraction, though. I don't mean any, anything else in this movie is weak. Because I, I, there aren't many weak points, um, but he is phenomenal. I mean, there, I, I really think it may take a few years for people to realize what he's done with the character, especially coming off, you know, the the Bale Nolan iteration. I mean, he really, you know, he really has his his boxing gloves on, and he did some great stuff here for sure. He did do some great stuff. I loved how they handled I mean, I'm a Bat fan anyway. And uh, warning you, all three of you gentlemen now, now we're talking positive about this film. So expect death threats and, uh, you know, hate mail from many, many people. Because we're actually talking positive about Batman versus Superman, um, which I want to get to a little bit. But (laughs) I I liked how they handled the Batman character. Uh, I you know, the dream sequences were one of the things where I'm like, I don't think we exactly needed. And those were the things that kind of felt a little awkward to me in this film. Um, I liked, I thought visually they were interesting, but those were the elements, I'm not sure, you know, kind of felt like this was the part where we, it felt like fans were like, well, we have to put this in so we can set up the universe. (laughs) <laughs> which which is part of the issue I had. Yes, I'm saying this now for all of you who love Marvel. problem I had with Age of Ultron. There were too many setup elements in Age of Ultron for me to get into the story itself. Here, I could get into the story more. One, I'm a Bat fan, so I could overlook some things. I like Zack Snyder. Uh, but I can't ignore that those dream sequences felt just a little out of place. And I'm not sure if it was the editing or... 
or if it was, you know, but they were set up for future films, obviously, but I felt almost like they weren't needed. What about you, Paul? Um, until up to the Flash scene, mm-hmm. I didn't think they were needed because I thought you could establish that Batman was just upset and paranoid with Superman. But once the Flash scene came, uh, it, it made me think, oh, my God, they, they've been trying to communicate uh, to this past version of him, and they're just giving uh, a basically a huge, uh, you know, nod to what's what's going to happen in uh, the Justice League. So, I'm hoping that they do something with this. Otherwise, yes, those those scenes are going to be. We're going to look back at that, and they're like, "Ew, these these scenes were stupid and pointless." But I really do think that they are setting things up for, for you know, apocalypse and and. And having like Darkseid come in with, yeah. with his parademons, and and what they were basically doing is all these dream all these dream sequences were actually messages <laughs> of them trying to warn, you know, mm-hmm. warn them. And and at first I thought I didn't even think of that until that the scene with uh, the Flash <clears throat> appearing. Right, and it, at first it was hard to tell who that was. Yes. In all honesty, I had a little trouble telling who that was, uh, and then until you see the video later, that it was the Flash. And then when I saw, you know, how they were doing it, I'm like, oh, cripes, they're they're going into um, some of those other storylines, the time travel type storylines that they've played with, and some of those major storylines they've recently had. I forgot the name. Uh, I, I'm not too familiar with the uh, expansive multiverse of the DC Universe, because I kind of dropped out after that. Uh, I'm more of a 90s guy. Uh, I'm the guy who, even though I knew it was coming in the big issue, I still screamed no when I got to the full blank page of Bane cracking Batman's back. <laughs> that was also near the tail end of me collecting movie uh, comic books. Hmm. So I'm a little bit out of that storyline, which brings me to this point with this film. And, uh, Tony, I want to get your opinion on it. Do you feel that this film was trying to do a balance between giving fan service and fans and all they complained on the internet before the film was made of, hey, we got to catch up to DC and try to give fans stuff they wanted from the DC universe, but at the same time, try to pull in non-comic book fans? <clears throat> yeah, I see I see it as a way to give some fan service because I know how there's a lot of comic book readers out there that read into, you know, the Justice, the Justice League stuff, but I do see it as a way to of them to pull in the non-comic book fans because, you know, I'm sure some people went to this film, even though it has not justice, maybe they weren't sure how they were going to, you know, connect to the Justice League. So, um, yeah, I do think that it was for both the non-comic book fans and the hardcore comic book fans. And that's the feeling that I got from it as well, and I think maybe that also is... uh, (laughs) It's just one of those things where it tried to do that delicate balance, and uh, it might have affected the storytelling just a, a little bit with it. Uh, you know, I mean, for me in my review, like I said, um, I enjoyed it. I gave it a high rating. I do recognize some what I recognize as some flaws, and one of them is the fact it's a setup film. And but I think this is the film that us fans kind of have a little bit to blame for those of the, out there complaining about the issues uh, or like, you know, even I've said, you know, with the, being a setup film and adding these extra elements because there were so many complaints of one, 
all that collateral damage from Man of Steel <laughs> had to have an effect on the storyline, didn't it, uh, Cole? Before they started shooting this film, uh, that that fallout from the complaints people had right after Man of Steel. Well, absolutely, man. You know, I'm somewhat new to the the internet world. In fact, you know, I, I met you, Mark, and and was invited to this awesome show as I was sort of absorbing it all. And Man of Steel was right around that time, so. You know, the, you know I, I was new to, you know, I was just getting my feet wet as a filmmaker and, and all of this and reading all these things about Man of Steel, like, and just getting used to the notion of, you know, of how somebody can hate something so much, you know, how the whole world can seem to hate something so much that you think is pretty decent. The collateral damage thing is evident. I mean, it's evident, you know, as just as a viewer, as a comic book fan, in my eye, um, but also, I mean, it's just evident that that end fight is pretty ridiculous in the original Man of Steel. I mean, it's great. It looks wonderful. It feels wonderful in surround sound with a decent uh, TV. It, it, it's an amazing experience, but it's access, man. I mean, they're plowing over fucking, I'm sorry, they're plowing over skyscrapers and you can't help but wonder, this is, you know, what's, how many people are getting hurt? This is Superman. And the way they dealt with it, I thought, was actually really brilliant, not just in the concept, but in the execution. Mm -hmm. The way they delivered it, right away they set up Bruce Wayne as a hero without the suit, which is essential. You know, that that's a really bold and strong move. I mean, they're not playing their best card right away. They're, they're doing something very delicate and intricate, which is um, setting up who this man is and how he feels about Superman. And, yeah, without ranting, I, I just thought that that whole bit was phenomenal and the way it was filmed mm -hmm. uh, was great. I mean, you see elements of the fight from a different perspective. Um, I would never bring 9-11 into this conversation, but as you see Affleck run into the dust, and yeah. he gets whited out. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the way those survivors describe it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to a T. I'm not making a, a connection. I'm just saying uh, the survivors of it describe it that way and how he spends, you know, like a minute in whiteout and then the horse wanders through. Uh, yeah, I thought that was terrific. I thought they dealt with that great. Um, but the Man of Steel connection, I think this is very much a Man of Steel part two. I thought at first, God, you know, maybe Superman can't sell tickets on his own. And that's why they need Batman. But no, this felt like a Man of Steel part two. I didn't feel screwed as a Man of Steel fan. I didn't think they were apologizing. They had the corpse of uh, one of my favorite actors. What's his name? Michael Shannon in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like they were cutting corners. It's not like they were saying, oh, Man of Steel was so bad. This felt like like a legitimate follow-up. So, yeah. There were many people out there, and I loved Man of Steel in all honesty. I'm not a big Superman fan, so I personally like the different change in tone of Superman. I personally could never get into Superman because of some of the problems, in all honesty, Bruce Wayne had with Superman. <laughs> I always thought he, you know, he was pretty much overpowered. You, you know, if you look at it, all honesty, from a perspective, if it wasn't for the fact people kept finding... Uh, kryptonite all over Earth, 
and in space. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you look at it, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, there's not a whole lot of a worry there when he's fighting someone. Um, and I, I've never been a big fan, and they, there's psychologists out there that go, you can tell what type of person you are if you like Batman versus Superman. I just never cared for him. I, always, I never liked the, the over-positive tone with him, I guess. And maybe that's just the glass-half-empty guy in me. I don't know. But I like the darker tone with him. For me, the scene that I loved in this, actually, and I know some people had problems with it, but I personally enjoyed, was the scene in the courtroom with the explosion. Hmm. <laughs> and, and the that was re- great. The reason I like that, and Paul, I'd love to hear your thought on this. The reason I like that is because here you have Superman who's trying to be idol, the idealistic guy. He's trying to be the positive guy. He's trying to make the world a better place the best way he can through his powers. And this is about the darkest thing that he could witness close up. <laughs> <laughs> and it affects him, and I like that because to see him actually get affected by that. Did you think that was too much? Do you think uh, Superman was not handled well in this film? No, he was handled extremely well. That is one of the ways that you can get to Superman. Yes, there's the comic book ways of kryptonite. There's magic, but you can get to him psychologically because you know, even though he has all these powers and he's he's very godlike, Superman is still raised, you know, in a small, you know, Smallville. He is he's basically this kind of farm farm boy, and yeah. he, see, he has to deal with those types of feelings. And here he is. He's he's in court. He has to answer for the things that he actually didn't do. He was accused, or you know, he was mm-hmm. accused of this setup for for these things but being superman he he knows that he has to come forth and, and basically let everybody realize that yes justice has to prevail this is the dawn of justice after all mm. and so he he's going there and then suddenly you know he and he feels bad that he couldn't save them all and, you know just boom explosion and and the the scene right next to it was perfect you see him and he, and you can see the realization like you know he 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 knew he couldn't do anything you saw that on his face and it was like oh my god yeah. that yes. was perfect he he's like you know and not a scratch had, on him <laughs> yeah and they've done that in the comics though too where superman has occasionally questioned is earth really worth it and that was a feeling, that look on his face was almost like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. Lesson of the day, never drink Granny's peach tea. <laughs> yes. That was a good scene, too. That that, was, just setting it up for that part. She knew what was going to happen. I loved Holly Hunt. Hunt that was Holly Hunter in it. Holly right? Hunter, yeah. Yeah. I, that was a surprise casting. I didn't realize, uh, you know, you know the big names, but I didn't realize she was in it. I really liked her character. It's too unfortunate she got vaporized because um, <laughs> I liked how she went toe to toe with the Lex Luthor, which I think is. I almost wish they hadn't made him Lex Luthor. <laughs> I wish they would have made him a different character just because of the way Eisenberg played him. Tony, what did you think of Lex Luthor in this? Um, personally, I will say this. 
I don't buy Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I mean, there's a few moments where you watch his performance, and you're all like, are you sure you're not playing the Riddler? But <laughs> with that aside, I do think Jesse Eisenberg was great in the movie because I thought he pulled off being psychotic, but also being like very twitchy. I really liked how he added the twitch um, when he was going insane. And you know how he... You know how he didn't really believe in God. Like Superman was like his only proof to see if he's the God that everyone looks up to. So you know, despite him not really being Lex Luthor to me, I do think Jesse, for what he had, uh, did pull off his role very well. He he did, and I think it's how it was written. I, yeah, I think it. I think it's the way, partly you know, how it was written, and and part of that. And for me, you know, I'm used to him. Uh, and it's been stated, a lot of people complain because we all think of the businessman, older, wiser, more crafty Lex Luthor. You know, we don't think of him as a crazy, but, you know, in all honesty, it is a comic book film. And I think people, I think we all, because we do love some of these characters so much, some of them are ones we've grown up with, mm-hmm. we forget that there are many many different versions of all these characters. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Across many different issues and many different universes and many different stories. And I think that gets lost when we get to the movie, comic book movies, both Marvel and DC. And I'll say I've been guilty of it as well. I'm by no means saying that I I haven't done that before. We're going, ah, well, I didn't quite you know, compare. And it, in this case, yeah. I didn't care for this Luther. Now, is this Luther wrong? You know, not necessarily for the universe, that the way they set it up. Um, and actually, I wish, I don't know, did you guys see the deleted scene so far that made the rounds on the internet that had him talking to what they think is either Steppenwolf, the, uh, 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 the henchman of Darkseid? I have not. I'm going to wait for the extended cut. You know, okay, like, well, I see. there's a spoiler room, but uh, there is a clip out there that was a deleted scene that when a SWAT team uh, stormed the wreckage of the uh, kryptonite ship, they come across Lex Luthor, who is talking to uh, an image, or, or we just get to see the glimpse of an image of a character that looks much like Steppenwolf, uh, who is, I think, a henchman of Darkseid. And he's got three squares in front of him. One of the squares ah. similar to what we saw with Cyborg. And I saw that one scene, and that one scene alone, I'm like, oh, I wish that would have made the cut. Which makes me wonder, uh, Cole, what do you think? That extended cut, I think some of the problems people have with this film and some of the questions we have might get answered in that extended cut, you think? I do, man. I do. I, You know, I will say that... I, I believe it was either Paul or Tony. I don't remember who said it. But the the Flash bit is, what, a, a minute and a half? Mm-hmm. They could have taken that out and, and put something more valuable in there. I mean, I love the dream sequences. I love the giant bat. It looks almost prosthetic at first. Spoiler room, folks. But the giant bat that looks prosthetic that bursts out of Martha's grave and bites into his neck that shit is fantastic i love that as do i love the image of batman just firing rounds at at people you know in this deserted mad max apocalyptic 
wasteland. And and I I've talked to people, very intelligent uh, film critics, who apparently it doesn't register that that's a dream sequence. But I'll I'll tell you, I don't know what comic book that is referencing. You know, I'm 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 a poor comic book collector. I buy what I can afford. I have hundreds of comics, but not the big ones because I can't afford them. Uh, but I mean, it's obvious that as soon as Batman shows up in that sequence, anything that happens is a dream and it's just all bets are off, you know? Um, but damn it. Uh, what was the question, Mark? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, that, that's fine. You, you, I went off. I promised I wouldn't do this. What no, it's it? okay. I was just saying that it is some of the questions, like, uh, some of the problems people have with dream sequences might get answered in the extended Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know they will. Mm -hmm. I mean, this thing does feel truncated, uh, but there's so much about it that I, you know, I can't hold that against it, but I I am so excited for the extended cut. I'm such a geek about this movie. I've seen it three times, and two times the audience wasn't into it, and then I saw it Saturday evening, and, I mean, it brought down the theater. Mm-hmm. No, it's just maybe it's just a controversial movie, and maybe that's okay. You, it, know? you know, in all honesty, I, I brought it up to Derek, and I've mentioned it online and uh, to a few people. I'm like, the line resonates uh, resonates with me from Ed Wood to this day, and I know I'm a big Tim Burton fan. Uh, and and Ed Wood, you had uh, Martin Landau playing Bella Lugosi, and Bella's coming out of rehab for his uh, drug problem. And Ed Wood brings a you know the tabloid up and goes, Bella, look, they're they're talking about you in rehab. Can you believe this? And you know he he's making it out like, man, this is a negative thing. And Bella goes, Eddie, this is Hollywood. There's no such thing as bad press. Or he says something <laughs> along the lines of similar. And it's true. Whether you hated this film or not, people are talking about it. People talked about it before the film, during the film's release, this weekend, this week, people are still talking about this film we're talking about i mean whether it's good or bad and at the box office worldwide it made a good chunk of money as well because we all know i mean we're all guilty of it ah that film can't be that bad so you go see it (laughs) in the end hollywood doesn't care whether or not you hated the film coming out really or not because they got their money at least the producers are looking at, at that even if the filmmakers and the actors are going well shit people are panning it but you know the money guys are going, hell yeah, it made $474 million worldwide. Boom. <laughs> you know? uh, and I think, but for this, I, yeah, the, it does feel truncated. I can see where people were disjointed with the dream sequences because it's a little hard to tell. Now, me, being a horror fan, <laughs> Cole, you've watched horror. Paul, definitely. I know, Tony, you watched some horror, but yeah. Paul, Paul definitely can agree with me. <laughs> You watch horror movies. There's a lot of horror movies out there where you get there where you're going, oh, wait, this is a dream part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're kind of used to that. Does that That's make a it, really good point, actually. You know, and, pe- and, and people yeah. sit there and slam it for that, but I'm going, is it really a bad thing whether or not you could tell it was a dream, or was it effective because they were trying to get you to think maybe it wasn't a dream? You know, it's that fine line where it, it might be creative. And again, film is subjective. I love film. I know many people out there I respect who hated this film 
and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. And I think I think that's what people need to get across is critics are completely entitled to hate this film. Partly because Zack Snyder's never been a big guy with critics, no matter what film it's been, really. I mean, even his, you know, 300 in that, and Sin City, people have, you know, those liked a little bit more, but there he was using more material directly from Frank Miller. But, like, some of his independent stuff, people have not liked Zack Snyder's storytelling, and I am first to admit, I'm a huge fan of his, and his storytelling is not the greatest. But in this film, I don't think it's all his fault of how this is put out. I think we as fans, as I mentioned earlier, and why I wanted to get back to it is, I think the fan base is a bit guilty of it. And what I mean by that is, and I said this in my review, uh, and I pardon myself for repeating it, but fans complained, as I mentioned earlier, about the collateral damage of Man of Steel. So they worked that into this film which initially we heard was going to be a Man of Steel 2. Didn't even hear Batman v Superman, and suddenly Batman v Superman, and then suddenly Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It's like, wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So that's telling you, for one, that writers, or at least the producers, are going, well, we've got to do this. And why do they have to do this, and why do they have to have so much setup in here, much like we had in Age of Ultron? Because the fan base is screaming going, we got to catch up with Marvel. they got to do something to catch up with Marvel. Yeah. So the producers, being Hollywood, think in their infinite wisdom, we're going to use Batman v Superman as a setup for the entire Marvel Universe when they didn't have to. That's the whole thing is, if you, I think people would enjoy this more if you trimmed out the setup scenes and just focused mainly on that motivation of <clears throat> Batman v Superman I honestly think people would enjoy this more than the setup film. Maybe just done the Wonder Woman angle with it, but even to that point, I think if they trimmed it down, I think more people would enjoy it. Now, I loved it, even though I recognize its flaws and it is it is a bloated <laughs> film with characters, but that's because it's a setup film. But am I wrong, Tony? Or do you think that the fan base, they were trying to listen to the fan base and trying to come up with something to try to help catch up to Marvel when in all honesty, DC didn't. Am I wrong in that thinking? <clears throat> no, I don't think you are, honestly, because, you know, it's all like with everything Marvel's been doing. It's all like it, they feel like if they take their time, you know, they're going to lose the fans. So I know they have to fit in things. And I know not everyone's always going to like setup, but it's like sometimes you're going to need setup, you know, to serve a point to what you're setting up for your next movie. And honestly, the Justice League stuff, to me, I don't know if it's just me, but I didn't really feel like it was a big part of the movie. I felt like the Justice, the Justice League setup has always been a small part. So, mm -hmm. no, I, I honestly agree with everything you've been saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cole, do you, you think that the fan base maybe had part to play or the you know uh, producers listening to the fans trying to give oh, everybody. Man, I agree with I agree with everything Tony just said. Yeah, I mean, he really said it very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I can't add anything to what Tony sure, just said. Sure. That, Paul, that's Paul, you, anything to add? Do you think that fan base? Because you, well, you watch. I mean, you watch a lot of films. You blog a lot. You review a lot. From from that critic point of view, especially for you. Uh, do you think that producers maybe were listening a little too hard to the fan base? 
I think they they had to because of the such this. I mean, the if you understand comic books, you know that this film contained essentially the the holy trilogy or uh, trinity of comic book characters. You had Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. And that's the first time that they would appear. And so, yes, they, they, they were so afraid to screw things up that they wanted to make sure that they listened to everybody. The problem, I think, though, is that the fan base is so diverse that every somebody's going to hate on it anyways, regardless. <laughs> they're they're going to hate on, on – on, well, they did. They hated on this movie anyways. Mm-hmm. So even if – yeah, even if they would have done everything exactly like everybody wanted, there'd be that one or two people out there saying, "Oh, come on, you, you had such a boring story that was like so predictable." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, come on." This was, let's put it this way: this film is issue zero on Free Comic Book Day to help set up an entire series of comics for the next, in that say, in comic book land year. But still a wonderful story issue. by itself. Still it, a wonderful it, issue. It is. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I didn't care for Lex uh, too much on it, but I still loved. I still got into this film. I, I still got giddy mm-hmm. when I saw Batman v. You know, Superman. Uh, you know, I didn't even have too much of a problem with Doomsday uh, showing up, though. I wish it was a different villain rather than <laughs> Doomsday. And and this is again, uh, you know, producers thinking, oh, if we put a big name villain in it, fans will like it. Not realizing that they picked the wrong big name villain to really put in the film. But they needed dis- it for that ending. And dispatch it. But yeah, I know they did need it for the ending. But here, here's the thing. I'm gonna posit this. Now we know how it plays out. Wonder Woman uh, sets up. Well, let's first talk about that. Wonder Woman, beautiful. I love what I still want to see the Wonder Woman film right now. Mm-hmm. When she showed up, how badass was that, Tony? Oh, dude, it was so badass. In fact, as soon as she showed up as Wonder Woman for the first time, everyone at my screening was clapping and cheering and even whistling. They're all like, "Yeah!" Wow. Oh. It was so awesome, man. And Gal Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, however you pronounce her. Oh, man, I think she was honestly a great choice for Wonder Woman. I may have been a little worried about her when I heard she was announced, but after seeing her, uh, I'm fully confident in that Wonder Woman movie coming out next year now. It has me even more hyped to see that movie. Well, I love how they handled her character. They handled her character, I think, the best way they could in that she gave two shits about absolutely nothing involving <laughs> yeah. Batman or Superman. <laughs> in all honesty, she was up until that point when she realized, I better go bail him out. <laughs> you know, and then she shows up and she's just badass. I mean, even when you get into the big CGI fest scene of. <laughs> Uh, you know, where they're fighting, and she's up there with her sword, and she's slicing that doomsday, and she's just beating the... She's doing more than anything. And, you know, I kind of liked how they handled Batman in that, because Batman it really has no powers whatsoever. <laughs> so he's just, he, he's just all like, um, I'm going to go win the wall. Out I, I'm going to throw there. my gas at you, and then I'm going to run, and you guys take care of the rest, because I... I 
This is way over my head. Um, He's a brilliant tactician. Come on, guys. He is. Well, no, but I mean, I liked that. I liked the fact that the minute he came up with that energy burst, you know, Wonder Woman's got her shield, Superman kind of stood there, and Batman went, oh, shit, and hid behind his battlefield as the wave came up. There was some humor in there. It wasn't quite... <laughs> a lot like Marvel, but there is some humorous bits in here. You know, Alfred taking control of the drone, I thought was kind of humorous. But, it, you know, it's a little more subtle. It, it's not in your face like Marvel is. But <laughs> this is, this is the, the what I was worried about with Marvel and their setup of the universe is that people using that as a standard for comic book films when we should really take these uh, film by itself, and I try to. I try to take every superhero film by itself, and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's a flaw in my character, but uh, I do. And in this, I didn't care that it didn't follow the Marvel formula. I was glad it didn't. There, I think there's humor and fun to be found in here that I think people might be missing um, because of some of the changes they made. And I'm, I'm not – trust me, I recognize flaws in Zack Snyder's storytelling. I recognize flaws in the script, but it's still – this is a fun movie. In overall, I had a fun, and to me, that's the most important part, and maybe that's a failing for me as a quote-unquote movie critic, but I'm not sure about the rest of you guys. I had fun, and even when I look at it, try to look at it more critically, you know, even with the – I'm going, if you pick out these flaws, then you got to go back to Age of Ultron, and you got to start picking that apart because some of the things that people are complaining about with this film, you could easily apply to Age of Ultron, with it being a setup film, and that's all it really was, how it it was setting up more of the phase stuff. And yes, I know all those people had their own movies, but that's the issue I have, and that's the problem that Marvel has set up now, is they're getting further into these films, and MMI often thinking that you're going to have to start seeing those other films before you could see the newest Marvel if you really need to follow what's all going on. Am I off on that, Tony? Um, no, I don't think you are. And as far as the flaws go, you know, everyone's going to have their own perspectives. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a fun time with the movie, uh, even if you recognize the flaws, because that's honestly the same thing with me with Age of Ultron. You know, I recognize the flaws, and yes, it does have flaws, but overall, because of how it was executed and because of us seeing these heroes on the big screen. That's why I think that's such a fun movie, and that's honestly the same way with Batman v Superman. You know, as long as the flaws don't really take away from your experience, I think that's what matters about having fun with these movies, and I could say that's the case with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I will say the only flaw, other flaw I kind of had with it, which even if you're not a comic book fan, makes you wonder geography-wise how close Gotham is to Metropolis. Um. <laughs> there, there are actual stories in the comic books where they are actually across the harbor. See, so and that's, that's what that that's what triggered me. I sat there for just a moment, going, "Jesus, what? They put Gotham that close?" But then I was like, "No, wait! I've got a Batman uh, encyclopedia of comic, and in there they mention about how in one of the storylines, Gotham, like you said, Paul, is not that far away from Metropolis." Nope. <laughs> um, and I remember that, and, and I remember some people having problems with it written like that. You know, I mean, I remember complaints people had in when these comic issues that are coming up in the movie, 
came up in the comics and people had problems <laughs> with. Yes. You, you know, and I guess for me it feels bad because this is the first time in a long time I, I've seen so much hate for a film that I personally just, I, I, could, I could see the flaws, but I couldn't quite see why there is so much hate. And it made me feel guilty for enjoying this movie. Wow. I, 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 I kid you not, I came out of this film and I was like, wow, I really love this film. And that's why I mentioned in my review I was questioning whether or not I should review it because I really enjoyed it. But there were so many people out there that just hated so much. you know. And then I didn't want to come off either, though, as just enjoying it because people hate it. <laughs> because there's a lot there's people out there that will, you know, look gloss over a film because oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I don't think anybody here is like that. You you enjoy the film. I mean, for me and it, it's different. And I know many people are more critical in their uh, reviews and and that's just not me. Uh for me, number 1 is was I entertained when I came out of the film? And I was entertained in this film when I came out. Do I think they needed to do the setup and enter, you know, in, in, you know, introduce these characters in here? No. Do I recognize the Zack Snyder flaws in it? Yes. Did I still enjoy it? Hell yes. I loved seeing Batman fight that scene to rescue Martha uh, uh, Clark, you know, Wayne, uh, Kent, excuse me. <laughs> Two Martha. Too many Marthas. Too many Marthas. Oh. Too many Marthas. I loved seeing that fight scene. I'm like, holy. That you know, scene is so badass, man. That scene is shot so well, too. I mean, Batman gets stabbed with a knife. He pulls it out of himself and shoves it in the guy. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> you know, and yes, he kills bad guys. But this, again, is the older, grittier Batman. You know, this is the more cynical Batman who who <laughs> doesn't mind killing bad guys. In fact, you know, it makes his job a lot easier. Uh, you know, um, he's so, like yeah, bam, bam. The hate that came out for this film before people actually saw it is where I had the issue. Mm. And and Paul, I, you do reviews and stuff, and especially I did. You you've probably saw some of that beforehand. Did that get to you a little bit of people hating it just because, or slamming critics for disliking it before they saw the film? Most definitely it did. Um, and honestly, I actually knew everything that was going to happen with the film because they had leaked a story, um, the entire plot story. Oh, and, God. Yeah, I just happened to read it because it was like, oh, okay. And the thing was... It didn't ruin the film for me, but what did really do it is what you're saying is all these people that automatically complained, they, they complained about uh, Ben Affleck before they actually got to watch Ben Affleck. Who uh, actually was a good Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they were complaining about a lot of different characters, and what's funny is the things that I thought were probably could have been done uh, and handled a lot better, nobody's talking about, and that's just a shame. Like what? Uh, name name a couple things. Well, the biggest thing for me was the handling of female roles in this. I know we always talk about this in, in a lot of different shows. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you had Senator Finch, which was a, a pretty big character, vaporized. You had Mercy, who had a very short role, vaporized. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought the, uh, I thought even though uh, Wonder Woman was, was a great role at the end, through the beginning part, she was just kind of an object for Batman to kind of match up and pair up with 
the Lois Lane uh, Superman thing. It was kind of like that bookend. Um, so, I mean, the, the female characters throughout this movie didn't seem very much like they had an important uh, place in it. And yes, of course, the two main characters are males, and that's why. But still, the the fact that a lot of the characters that I thought were really cool got vaporized. But in all honesty, Wonder Woman is the one that comes and bails the boys out. So there is that angle. But I completely see what you're talking about because I felt that way with Amy Adams. But I felt like that even in Man of Steel. I felt like her character is kind of getting the short end of the stick, even in Man of Steel, which she was pretty much point A to point B type of character. And then she, you know... She'll get a bigger. Well, even though she did, she did try to get the spear, but then of course Clark had to go save her too. So well, yeah, Clark, Clark did. Have to, but she did sacri- She was sacrificing herself. So I mean, yeah. you know, and she is a reporter. Uh, but she, I think, uh, Margot Kidder was the better portrayal of <laughs> Lois. Even if we just ignore that whole musical number she sang, um, <laughs> which we we don't talk about in most soundtrack circles, we just ignore that ever happened. Shame on you, Jonas Williams. Shame on you, Lois Lane. Yeah, a uh, female characters. Uh, Cole, what about you? The Is female he... no, not no. I don't. I mean, <clears throat> they gave uh, Lois Lane. I, I thought Lois was had had a lot of good stuff to do in this. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, the bullet, the the bullet investigation was there for her and her alone, and they gave that great juicy role to the gentleman who uh, I guess I, I know him from the the Matrix Revolutions Council. Mm-hmm. I don't know the actor's name, but he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know those great scenes between him and her, and the exchange of the bullets and. Um, <laughs> No, I, I love Lois Lane in this. All her stuff at the end where she's the one who's like, no, I, I got to support her. You know, mm. I give her a thumbs up, man. Okay. No, that that's fine. But I can see both angles of it, but I definitely see your point on that. No, point. for sure. I um, can see – I can definitely see both angles of it. I guess I just compare it to Lois Lane in, in um, Man of Steel. Right, you know, yeah. and, and did uh, you know what did they do with the character? Mm-hmm. Did did they do justice to it? And I think they did. I mean, right off the bat, she's being led somewhere with a sack over her head. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, the pinnacle of modern reporting. You know, interviewing some terrorist who asks her, "Oh, I didn't know a lady was going to be interviewing me," and she says, "I'm I'm not a lady. I'm a journalist." <laughs> and that was badass. You know, I love that stuff, man. She does throw some of that in there, but she, I, you know, I I can see both points of it, but definitely her character, though. I think near the end, I think lost a little steam, even though gotcha. they had that in the beginning. Uh, for it, but uh, yeah, what was the uh, one of the other major issues uh, that stood out for you, Paul? That you uh, um, the, the some again, I feel like we always talk about these things in in these types of shows. Uh, the there were some of the uh, scenes that were CG'd. Uh, yes. Not necessarily the CG itself, but just in general, there were a few scenes uh, that took me out of that reality for a moment. It was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't look real. Oh, oh, but that looks real. That's good. Okay, keep going. <laughs> but there's just those those type of things, and nobody talks about those unless they outright are the the people that hate CG altogether, and they're yeah. always bashing about it. So I don't really. <laughs> <think> they... <laughs> so I mean, you can have a perfect thing, 
and, and and they would complain about it anyway. So it was like. And this film has great CGI moments and not so great CGI moments, but yes, I'm saying this. Even the Marvel films have those. I yes. will say that. And and the Mario you know, Brothers scene at the beginning. <laughs> I enjoy the Marvel films too. Don't get me wrong. I don't enjoy them as much as many others, but. I just what frustrated me uh, partly with the huge amount of hate that this film was receiving is the, the the criticism people were slamming on this and like I said you could easily apply to Age of Ultron. I I will say that Age of Ultron. I mean, cripes, they introduce the character and kill him in the same hour. <laughs> or, you know that hour, but you know what I mean. I mean, they set a character up only to kill him off right away. And here. Uh, they pull the trigger, we get to the end of the Batman v Superman, we have the death of Superman. Yes, this is a spoiler room, and I just said Gasp. that. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, Damn it, why did they kill Superman? Mm. Now, on the one hand, everybody complained, oh, we're pulling that trigger too early. And even me, it surprised me that they pulled that storyline too early because it felt like it would have served better in a solo Superman film. Mm. But in all honesty, I think that falls back to this film, I think, originally was intended to only be a Man of Steel 2. Hmm. And I think it got modified either by writers or... And I haven't dug into it, so I can't tell you for sure. I'm sure many people out there have scrounged the internet for every detail. But for me, you look at some of the core items in here, and it almost felt like this was supposed to be just another... Uh, Man of Steel 2, and they tailored it to be Batman v Superman, then they tailored it further to be Dawn of Justice. Um, because I want my Superman to stay dead for a little bit. We get that final scene where the ground just starts to raise a little bit, and I'm like, oh, come on, don't bring him back so soon. <laughs> and it's not It'll just be another me. 18 months. <laughs> it's not just me because I dislike Superman. But, I mean, that's a major event, and you should let it be explored for a while, let it breathe. Uh, Cole, what did you think that last scene? I mean, you think Superman's dead, which, like I said, surprised the hell out of me. They actually pulled that trigger. It's like, damn, all right, it really got real. That's the motivation that whips Batman into being a good guy and not so cynical again and all that. But then we get the little lift of dirt at the very end to imply he's not dead. Do you think they're going to have him back right away in the next film, or do you think they may leave him dead for a while? I personally want to leave him dead for most of the next film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, as long as you're talking about that specifically, I think Lex Luthor's scenes are all oddly edited in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, that's like a flashback sequence. Oddly, Ben Affleck turns to Wonder Woman um, and, and says, you know, I have a hunch that we're going to need to band together and fight. And then you cut to a flashback. Right. And then you cut back to the graveyard. Mm -hmm. um, and it's ditto with uh, Lex Luthor's introduction where he explains this whole um, scheme, right? And they cut to him doing it. And then back to, I, I think it's just a matter of, Maybe they needed to shorten the time of the film, and all that was edited oddly. And that's that's one of the complaints people had was the editing, and I will say that that was edited a bit oddly, which makes you know me, what I mean, though. I it, mean, it makes me wonder how the extended yeah. director's cut might be. Yeah, because it feels like, especially near the end, there it's a little more. 
I, I just want them to leave. And it sounds bad, I know. <laughs> but I think if you're doing something that major at the end of that film, if you decide to pull that trigger that soon, make it have an effect to make that mean something when people go back and watch this film again versus he's he got stabbed by Doomsday. Oh, no, he's, he, he's back by the next film. And it might be... This might be, and again, I go back to my horror element, uh, this might be just a little foreshadowing, but we don't get a live Superman for a while, but it is a hint saying he's not quite dead. He's almost dead. Oh, no, quite dead. Oh, shut up. You're pushing up daisies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Monty Python moment there, but you know what I mean? So... uh, a lot of people complained about that as well, of, of not leaving Superman dead for a, a long time and worried about that. And we can't start complaining about the next film, in all honesty, because we don't know. <laughs> but with this film, I think we it's left us left the Internet very divided. Uh, I think I had a lot of fun with the film. It sounds like we all did, even with the flaws that we recognize. And I think there's more to this film than meets the eye. Uh, to to <laughs> coin a phrase, sorry, but I think there's more here, and I'm excited for it. Uh, let me posit this to you guys, though. Here's how I wanted them to actually do it to where I'm like, okay, if you're going to go balls to the wall, set up for Justice League, you name it Dawn of Justice, here's how this shit plays out. Stay with me, guys, and I'll, I'll, I want to find out how what you think about this. <laughs> so you got... You got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman fighting Doomsday, okay? Wonder Woman's got him on the lasso. Batman shoots the, the you know, the, uh, the kryptonite spray in his face, which makes sense. He's serving power, you know, and Superman is trying to do his best to beat the shit out of Doomsday, but failing. That spear <laughs> falls, falls in the water. I don't like Superman. I'm sorry, I don't. I, loved, <laughs> I loved Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel, but... Let's face it, even the Doomsday was kind of kicking his ass for that. <laughs> um, here's how I wanted this to go down. Instead of Amy Adams, uh, instead of Superman saving uh, uh, Lois Lane as she goes for the spike, here's how this goes. Spike's falling. She goes in the water. She starts to drown. She gets saved by Aquaman, who pulls the spear out. He comes out of the water. You've got this, you know, the trilogy, Trinity fighting Doomsday to the best of their ability. He throws the spear. As he throws the spear, Flash comes in, grabs the spear in midair, and accelerates it as fast as he could towards Doomsday. Cyborg comes in and fires his blaster in the face of Doomsday as he gets the gas, as Superman's fighting him. Flash rams the spear into him. Boom! Doomsday's dead. Superman flies Doomsday into space and shoves him off in there. We don't know for sure if he's dead, but he's away from Earth, and he's blown out into space. He comes down, superhero pose, all of Dawn of Justice League, standing there. Boom, credits. There we go. <laughs> Holy crap. And, and wow. Green, Green Lantern comes down and, and, and arrests <laughs> Superman for littering in space. <laughs> Mark, awesome. Mark, seriously, you should be the writer for Justice League. <laughs> that, that was just too good, man. That was just too fucking good. In all honesty, that was the one way I was hoping to play out. When I saw the spear go in the water, I'm like, 
dude, Aquaman, come on, Aquaman pulls out the spear. <laughs> no, not Lois Lane. Bring Aquaman. We're Sp- you know, we're uh, Flash and all that. I, I mean, harbor water. <laughs> I know, I know, but still. I definitely and, preferred and, that ending over Superman dying. That's for sure. And, and the only reason I say that is if <laughs> if you're a producer and you're going to do all the setup that they do in it, might as well. Yes. Go all out. Come on. <laughs> Because at least then you've got all the Justice League there, which people have been kind of wanting to see. You've got a reason for why you teased these people throughout this film. <laughs> you get the Justice League at the end, plus throwing um, Doomsday into space rather than having him get completely killed for sure, legitimately, makes you you know still give a little justice to that bad guy because you're not sure he's dead. You know, and you could always bring him back later if you 86 him into space. If you want to play the soup dead angle, okay, after the Justice League does their thing with the spear and it disables Doomsday, Superman flies Doomsday in the air, the humans still panic and nuke them both, the shockwave <laughs> sends Doomsday further into space, and we suddenly see no more of Superman. We don't see his carcass in space, we see nothing, and people think he's dead. Okay, so here's the setup for the next one while I'm on a roll. So, so you, you do superhero pose at the end. Everybody's sad because they think Superman got nuked by the dumb humans. And what you play at the next one is you play a uh, mastermind angle to where Superman's actually hanging out in his fortress of solitude because he's not sure after he got his ass kicked by Doomsday by himself uh, if he should go on saving the Earth, and you have the Justice League banding together, starting to pick up uh, hints that something major is going to come, and they're going to need Superman in the fight, and they go search for him. That could be your motivation for the next film. There you go. See? Boom. Right Damn. there. And that ending is no more bad than what you have, and I guarantee, I, I almost guarantee if you did that ending, people would be like, I... I Damn it, I want to complain more, but they showed the Justice League. <laughs> I definitely like that better. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, guys, didn't mean to get on a, a roll there. We're going long here, but that, that just came to mind when I saw that ending. I'm like, if you're going to pull the trigger and do Death of Superman, bring in the whole Justice League at the end of Dawn of Justice. They don't necessarily need to be all in their suits. They can yeah. still be their, their raw guys, but do that. Why not? Screw it. You already teased them. Might as well pull that trigger now because if you pulled that trigger now, I think people would have at least a little less to complain about this film than what the internet has. But in the end, as we said before, does it matter? $474 million worldwide? Yeah. We'll wait till the next one. Quit the petition to get Zack Snyder away from DC Universe. It's not going to happen. Those petitions do not work. I think that's being a little too harsh also, to be honest. It's being too harsh because he's not the only one that's like blaming the quarterback who got it's like it's like blaming the quarterback twenty who got sacked fifteen times during a game and saying he's the sole reason they lost. <laughs> you know? Yes, he might be part of the reason, but he's not the only reason. But uh, I think there's a lot of good in this film. There is flaws in the film, but 
no more flaws than many other superhero films before it. And I think that's where the focus is being lost, is is that if you want to get critical of those other superhero films, you could find a lot of same issues or similar issues that people have with Batman v Superman. And I honestly think it boils down to that horrible, for whatever reason, rivalry that we feel we have to have between Marvel and DC, when in the end, Let's just enjoy the fact we've got a comic book movie coming out every two months. Yes, that's true. <laughs> decent ones, too. Really decent, decent ones. Decent ones. Ones where they're at least trying. Yes. I mean, that's Batman v Superman. I saw a title that someone said, Total and Utter Failure, and I'm like, no. I'm like, it, it may not have been phenomenal, but it by sh- no means is a failure. There's lots of good things to focus on in here. I actually saw an article that said this movie will make you ashamed that you're a Batman and Superman fan. Which what? it has. That's why I mentioned before that I felt guilty that I enjoyed the movie. Um, and it's good to hear that other people have enjoyed it, even recognizing flaws in it, still finding a lot of good to enjoy it. Because, uh, yeah, there's very few films that I, I haven't found any enjoyment in all film. Vacation, I'm talking about you. Go burn in hell. Um, <laughs> And with that, I think we'll wrap it up now that I've babbled on for 15 minutes. And I, I can point out other people babbling. So uh, let's just give a final thought of what we'd like to... Uh, do we have hope for the DC Cinematic Universe? And do we like, uh, you know, are we looking forward to the next film, which I believe is uh, the... Suicide Squad film. Uh, Cole, we'll start with you. Uh, final thoughts on the, the DC Universe to come, and uh, uh, yeah, and your final thoughts with Batman v Superman. Um, well, as far as the DC Universe is, is concerned, you know, my girlfriend yesterday morning said, I, I'm looking forward to the next one that's coming out soon, and I wasn't even aware that Affleck was in Suicide Squad. He makes you know, so I'm yeah. a little behind as a fan. I, I wasn't expecting to like this movie that much. My expectations for the next movie, that's difficult to say. You know, <laughs> I, I this movie opens strong. You know, it opens with the death of uh, Batman's parents, which you've seen a thousand times. Which they handled well, I thought, putting that during the credit sequence. And they it they handled like, it beyond well. They handled it so well to the point where they intercut him falling into the ground. And this is a shot people miss. And there are shots like this in the entire film. I'm just not ranting about this movie. It's true. When the boy hits the bottom of the cave and his mother hits the concrete, right and the pearls go everywhere there's a shot of her pearl hitting the leaf uh by by the kid's hand meaning schneider took the time to shoot a scene where the pearl hits the 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 kid's hand at the bottom of the bat cave combining the flashback with what you're seeing and there are shots like that throughout the entire movie Shots that are, are are not just insert shots, shots that combine the entire narrative, such as Lois Lane pulling uh, Superman's glasses off his head and throwing them on the floor. 
scene doesn't just stop there. Then there's a tremendous splash that hit them, suggesting that that's a pretty so strong sexual shot there. And, and there are shots like that in the entire movie. Um, that Those are my final thoughts about this movie is that sure. I think Schneider knew, okay, here, here here's what we're doing. You know, we've got to combine all of, all of these things. And in a way that is not just leading to other spinoffs, right? You've got the spray-painted shit on Robin's suit, obviously, which you get in the Marvel Universe. But you get more than that here. You get Lex Luthor's fingers tap-tap-tapping on the side of his desk when Holly Hunter says, hey, I'm blocking your import license, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not just it's not just the motion. It's a specific character shot. They cut to his hand, tap-tap-tapping. And she actually leans down, her character leans down and stops his hand. I don't know whether or not that's in the script. You know, we complain about the lack of depth in Marvel villains. That's not lacking here. Mm -hmm. How about the the jar of Granny's peach flavored piss tea? Everybody <laughs> says, that, "Well, that doesn't belong in this movie." Why not? That's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I think this is a fantastic movie. Um, I, I'm just, I was so honored to be able to come on the show and just talk about the film that, uh, I've seen three times and I will admit the first two times I saw it, I saw it with audiences that didn't necessarily love it. And Saturday night people were on their feet applauding. So maybe it's just a controversial film and maybe that's okay. Awesome. And Paul, what about you? Uh, looking forward to Suicide Squad and, and, and your final thoughts with this film and, and Zach being there as well. Uh, after seeing the last trailer of Suicide Squad with the Queen uh, song in it, yes. I fell in love. I definitely <laughs> want to see Suicide Squad. It was just so beautiful. Um, and uh, about uh, my impression about this film, uh, fans of uh, Man of Steel will definitely like this film. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, you should go and see it if you were a big fan of uh, Man of Steel. Even if you were just a little fan of Man of Steel, yeah. I think they really do a good job of keeping that universe together, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and you had already asked about, is there hope for DC? I don't think that that question is, in my mind, needed to be asked because... I don't think that DC was ever at a place where they were uh, in jeopardy. I think that their movies and Marvel's movies are, are different movies. And, and if, if you're truly a fan of comic books, then, then enjoy these movies for, for what they are. These are our, this is our opportunity to see some of our favorite characters on the screen come to life, you know? And yeah, maybe they'll screw it up here and maybe they'll screw it up there, but I don't really care. It's I've never been able to like envision having these type of characters um, on the screen like that, and now I do. And and I'm just I hope that they continue on with it. And I'm sure that there'll be other ways of presenting these characters in different ways and stuff like that. And and again, I'll probably hate certain ones and I'll love other ones. Uh, so yeah, I just don't think that. Uh, that they were ever in jeopardy. I think there, it's never a question in my mind. So, 
Awesome. And Tony, how about you? Your your thoughts on the next DC film I believe we get is Suicide Squad. Your thoughts? Are you looking forward to that and uh, the future with DC and Zack? Um, hell yes to Suicide Squad. I am definitely looking I am definitely looking forward to it, especially after what Paul just said, that awesome trailer with the Queen song uh, Bohemian Rhapsody playing in it. That had me sold, like, freaking completely. Um, Zack Snyder, um, I I have faith in him, honestly. I think he will do a really good job with Justice League. I think people are being a little too hard on him personally. That could be just me. Um, and as far as the DC Universe goes, I think the DC Universe will do as good as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because DC and Marvel, they're both different universes. And, um, you know, sometimes I think it is unfair for people to compare them because they are different. You know, Marvel's more for the lighthearted stuff, which I enjoy personally. And DC's more for going for the darker tone, which I also really like personally. So I do think DC will do a good job with their cinematic universe films. As far as this movie goes, I had a blast with it. I like the movie a lot. I really like seeing Batman and Superman on screen for the first time ever. I thought the performances were great. I thought the action sequences were epic. Love the finale. It does have problems like with the editing and the ending. Honestly, I was honestly rolling my eyes at the last five minutes, to be honest. But even with flaws aside, you know, this film was still a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait to watch it again. And the score by Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, freaking amazing. I love that score so much. Hell yeah. (laughs) Agreed. I I love that score so much, especially in the finale uh, with Doomsday. That score they play was just awesome. So honestly, I can't say I was disappointed. I was satisfied with this film, and yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, and for me, if you've already gotten my opinion of it, I won't ramble on too much longer. <laughs> I do apologize. I know we were going to keep this short. There's just so much to say about this film because yeah. it is ambitious. Oh, yeah. Whether or not you like it or not, you got to admit this was an ambitious undertaking for them to try to do. Now, did it hit with everybody? No. Did it hit with most people, most critics? No. That's fine. And that's what people need to realize is it's okay if critics don't like the film, but at the same time, it's okay if someone does like the film and you hated the film, as long as you saw the film before you start criticizing people. And that's the thing that a lot of people need to forget. And I don't care if it sounds like I'm getting on my high horse. It's simple. You want to rip on a film? See it. Well, okay. that's, that's the, that's then if you see it and you don't like it, I have no problems with it. But don't slam on critics who enjoy it. And likewise, if you love DC and you love this movie, don't slam on critics who dislike it. It's subjective. Film is subjective, folks. And they need to not get so worried about a score either because a score doesn't determine what film is good or bad. It's the audience that determines what's good and bad. You can use the score as a guide, but by no means should you let that really determine whether or not you buy. If you go by – and this is coming from someone who a lot of people consider a movie critic. If you take – my word alone for going to see a film, if you don't have an interest to see the film at all, um, you know, God bless you. But uh, at the same time, you know, get 
you see it if you're even curious. You, you know, because I could be full of shit. I'm. My wife lets me know that a lot <laughs> that I am, because uh, I am. But uh, when it comes to movies. I, I look for enjoyment more so than all others, and many critics don't. They approach a film, any film, especially superhero films, they treat them the same way as they would look at a drama film, and that's fine. That's what a lot of major critics do. So if they slam on a film and you loved it, don't slam on the critic. Don't sit there and hate on them because they didn't like the movie. But make sure you saw the movie first before you cut into the person either way. You know, it, you've got to see it first because otherwise you really don't have a basis to, like, if you go, if you see a film has 15% on Rotten Tomatoes and you see a critic who loved it and you haven't seen the movie and you slam that critic saying they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground because they liked the film, that's wrong. Now, if you saw 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, went and saw the film and you saw the guy, he didn't like it at all. You still don't have a right to say he doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, but you can say, well, I can, I just don't see the same film you did, and you can present what you didn't like about it. But, you know, this bashing of critics that has come from this film and the, div the dividedness that's come from this film, I'll get off my soapbox now, but, it, you know, it's exhausting, folks. Quit it. Stop it. Everyone has an opinion. A film, everyone will see something differently, and that's what's so amazing about a movie. You could sit 20 people down, watch the same film, and I guarantee you at least 18 of those people will get something different out of it than everyone else who watched that movie. That's just the way a film is, you know? And if you don't like it, then go, don't go see the next one. But you know what? Those people who hate it, they're still going to go see it. I, I bet you people who hated Batman versus Superman will go see Dawn of Justice. And when Hollywood, they just look at the money, folks. So they will keep making films that you hate as long as you keep going to see them. But that's the catch-22. You're not going to know if you hate it unless you go see it. <laughs> so where does that leave us? I don't know, folks. In the end, you've got four people here who enjoy a film. We don't say it's perfect. We do recognize there could be flaws in it. There are flaws in it for some of us. But that doesn't take away our enjoyment of the film because in the end, a film is supposed to entertain. It's supposed to have fun. And if you come out of the film thinking of everything but how much fun you might have had, you know, that's, that's the way you are. I, I come out of this film going, this is fun. My boys... My teenager, uh, six, my 15, almost 16-year-old said it was as good as Man of Steel. My youngest liked it a little more, and I loved it. And that's how it is. So take it as you will. Sorry for my soapbox, but I just part of the reason I wanted to do this film is because I was so frustrated with all everything out there. I just wanted to throw my hat in the ring. Uh, and, yeah, that's the way things go. So I'll shut up. We'll get people here where they can find where you can find them when they're not here uh, uh, talking at me and listening to me ramble. So Cole, go ahead first. Where can they find you at? You can find me at uh, Horror on Facebook or Shadows and Lovers Productions, or uh, if you just want to talk movies, Cole James Merida. But uh, yeah, man, I sorry that people hate the movie. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> Yep. And Paul, go Paul, go ahead. 
Um, you can find me at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, WordPress at <laughs> I forgot where uh, Forsaken Film Reviews. <laughs> well, you've, been, you've been doing a little something extra there. The North. Uh, the, the Northeast Wisconsin yeah, Horror yeah. Film Festival. I thought because yeah. we were talking about comic books, so if we, you know, we you didn't need to bring up the thing. But since we already brought it out, and this bring is it up, the Paul. Go All on. right, I am running a, a movie festival. Uh, it's um, the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival, the New Horror Fest. Dot com. If you go on there, you can uh, basically submit a film. So if you have an independent film that has uh, things about horror, uh, we would glad to, or we would love to uh, review it or look at it, and uh, basically show it to a bunch of uh, enthusiasts, uh, horror enthusiasts in October. So it should be very exciting. Uh, we want to cover all aspects of horror, not just the the gore fest or the the supernatural or you know all the things that are popular. Uh, we want to just cover all the different aspects of horror. So uh, in order to do that, it is important that we get all the different types of submissions. So uh, basically, hop on the website www.newhorrorfest.com. There are going to be links that will uh, allow you to submit films as well as learn about our festival. So awesome! Glad. Glad to hear about it. Check it out, folks. It should be a lot of fun, especially for you horror fans out there. And Tony, hit me, son. Where can they find you at? You guys can find me on my channel, 22TigerDude. That is YouTube.com slash 22TigerDude. You can follow me at Facebook at Facebook.com slash 22TigerDude. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash TigerDude22. Uh, yeah, TigerDude22. Instagram at 22TigerDude. And then, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, oh, yeah, and then MoviePot.com slash TigerDude22. Thanks for bringing me on, Mark. And honestly, I'm glad you brought up the whole um, how people view the movie and how they look at critic ratings because I've been feeling the same way, and I'm glad you had the guts to bring all that out. So kudos <laughs> to you, my friend. Well, you know, with your small potatoes, you just say whatever the hell you want. Uh, <laughs> but no small potatoes. we got to give a shout-out real quick to our man here, Tiger Power, for getting 2,000 subscribers Ooh. on his YouTube channel. That's how good he is, folks. Check him out. Check out uh, Paul's great reviews. Check out Horror Roar for Mr. Cole Meredith, as well as Shadows and Lovers. He's got a great a little horror film coming out soon. Uh, which, for some reason, he felt the need to have me in. Uh, so, <laughs> I didn't get cut out like the secret scene from Batman vs. Superman, so I uh, must have did something right. But uh, You're in the trailer. I'm, oh, oh, yeah, I'm even in the trailer. That's a scary thought. Are you uh, playing Barbara Gordon, too? I'm playing Barbara Gordon in that one. <laughs> My bad girl outfit. That's the the scariest part of the film. Oh. <laughs> if, if you're at all curious, you can head to specialmarkproductions.com where you can find all my links to all my stuff, my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash specialmark, uh, uh, where we've got a lot of our videos here, the raw videos that we record for our Spoiler Room podcast, my Final Cut reviews, as well as little short things that I end up doing occasionally, like my Ben-Hur 
trailer reaction video. Uh, so that was great, by the way. Productions.com is where you can find our archive of our spoiler room. Check us out on iTunes. Please rate us and like us and subscribe to us. That really helps us out on iTunes. We've got a growing subscriber base. I love that there's people coming back. Thank you so much for those of you who continue to come back and listen to us ramble about films here in the spoiler room, where the conversation is fresh. It's fresh. But we do spoil the movie. Say goodnight, everyone. Goodnight, everyone. Goodnight.